Welcome to the Midwest Film Nerds Podcast. I'm Alex. I'm Willie. I'm Nick. Tim. <laughs> uh, yeah, today we are going to talk about uh, a little bit about twin movies, movies that come out at the same time, but, uh, you know... They share similar themes and premises. And yeah, but they're from different studios and have different stars, so we're going to talk a little bit about that phenomenon. We're going to review M. Night Shyamalan's After Earth, and then uh, we got some food for thought for you guys. But if this is your first episode, if you are coming to us from a cast of kings, which I hope some of you are, uh, we just kind of want to outline a few of the episodes of our show that we think are the best. Uh, we, we reviewed, uh, sometimes we do retro reviews, we reviewed Heat and Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, and we think those are both really good. Uh, we also reviewed Expendables 2 and Evil Dead and Iron Man 3. Those are also fantastic, in our opinion. But uh, you can tell us what you think of those episodes or any of the episodes, this episode, whatever. <laughs> Send email to feedback at midwestfilmnerds.com. We'd love to know what you think, and uh, you can help us shape the show from uh, here on out. But while we're on the topic of listening to previous shows, we have been running a giveaway for the Marvel Cinematic Universe Phase 1 box set uh, that has to do with liking us on Facebook. That's step one. Step two is listen to the episode for a trivia question to answer. Send the correct answer to feedback at midwestfilmnerds.com with your name. We can double check that you liked us on Facebook, and that enters you into winning the uh, box set. Um, We're not giving out the answers every week, so you can go back to the two previous weeks. I think our Star Trek Into Darkness episode was the first week. Mm -hmm. And then we also have a trivia question in the Fast and Furious 6 episode. So uh, today will be your third chance to win box set so go back and listen to the old ones send those in uh we're going to be giving we'll we'll announce the winner on our man of steel episode i believe so that'll be uh the wednesday after the 14th of june Mm -hmm. but anyway let's move right into our discussion of twin films so like i said movies released pretty close to each other that have similar ideas and themes. I mean, my personal belief about this is that there's somebody at one studio that is kind of a mole for the other studio and is like, hey, they're working on a Cinderella movie. Get another Cinderella movie out on your... Right. Get it going. Maybe there's selling secrets or something going on in Hollywood that we don't really know about. And we're not talking about the cheesy Asylum direct-to-video rip-offs that keep coming out. No, it's not like, hey, Transformers... Not like Apocalypse Earth, which just came out, and it has even, like, just AE for the kind of, like, After Earth. Well, it gets even worse because, like, there's Transformers and then there's Transmorphers by Mm -hmm. the Asylum. We're not not talking about that kind of thing. We're talking about... um, In recent memory, things like Mirror, Mirror, and Snow White and the Huntsman, or perhaps Oblivion and After Earth, which is the most recent that uh, people have been talking about. So we're going to go back in time, back to, oh, I don't know, we can start at like the 1980s. We'll, we're going to try and do a little bit of a this or that kind of thing on, on these movies, and then uh, maybe get into some deeper discussion on the two, if the, the pair warrants. But um, let's start off with... Platoon and Full Metal Jacket. Platoon out in 1986, Full Metal Jacket out in 1987. Interesting. I never thought of those two as as, as twin movies, but it counts. It totally counts. Two really brutal stories of Vietnam War told through the eyes of soldiers. And um, I'm more of a Platoon guy, personally. I, I, I like Full Metal Jacket a lot, but it gets really, really by the numbers after the 
the training academy section of the movie. Okay. Anybody else have any thoughts on that one? I personally have not seen Platoon. And I've seen bits and pieces of Full Metal. This Jacket. is kind of tough. I like Full Metal. Yeah, you're Full Metal. I like them both. I think yeah. I think Platoon. Uh, I think Platoon's awesome. It's, it's certainly got like the better cast, I think, or at least the cast of actors that we still talk about. Full Metal <laughs> has a few, definitely, but I mean, Tadafrio's a, a powerhouse in, in, yeah. in Full Metal. Oh, for Jack. sure. Like, I think what Full people think of, and each one has the iconic moment of each of them. With Platoon, you've got the Arms outstretched. Yeah, you've got the Willem Dafoe scene, and then in uh, in Full Metal Jacket, you've got everything Arlie Ermey says or does. Like that's that movie is the movie that Arlie Ermey can attribute every single movie appearance <laughs> since oh, then sure. to that movie. His entire career is based on that performance. And people still quote that movie all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really, I really dig Full Metal. I, I remember liking. I, I know what you mean. It definitely feels like two different movies. Like the end of Training Camp happens, and you're like, whoa, and then it feels like a different movie. Yeah, and, and I think, I think that the, the First half of Full Metal Jacket is a, an incredible movie, and it really it shows you an aspect of war that you don't see in a lot of movies, or, or it's it's not as dramatized as you know what I'm saying. It feels real. Yeah. Um, but that second half never really. By the time I was so emotionally done with the movie by mm-hmm. the end of the first half that I was like, I don't care. I like about the this. I like the battle sequences in the second half a lot. I think they're cool. Sure. I like all the use of like just running. Long takes of running camera, just following soldiers. I think it's sweet. Yeah. But Platoon definitely has like a creepy factor during a lot of the nighttime moments. Platoon is very unsettling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I've decided Platoon has Doctor Cox, so I lean Platoon. All right, all right. It does. Okay. Um, what year was Apocalypse Now? Out of curiosity, that, that was late seventies, I believe. And and actually, Casualties of War with Michael J. Fox and Sean Penn was probably around this time as well, which is another really. Platoon is interesting because you've got Charlie. Apocalypse Now is 79. Okay. Platoon's cool because you got Charlie, and then in Apocalypse you had... Um, you had Martin. Martin mm-hmm. in the lead. Mm-hmm. Which it's is awesome for both of them like to do that, which then set up like one of the best jokes of Hot Shots Part 2 when they <laughs> pass each other in the boats. <laughs> Their two characters is super funny. It's pretty good. It is a good joke. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> Let's skip ahead. I think we're gonna go to nineteen ninety three with Jurassic Park and Carnosaur. Ooh. I've this never really count though. You know what? You this know is what? Uh, there was a dinosaur resurgence around this time. And okay, lot, most okay. of it had to do with Jurassic Park. If you Park. wanna go that okay. I mean we're talking about Primal Rage was out in arcades. Dinotopia. Um, you, we had we had I mean, I think Dino Riders were gone at this point. What was that Disney movie with the dinosaurs? Well, dinosaurs. Oh, dinosaurs! A TV show. Oh, there's yeah. a cartoon. I we're thought. Back. There was, we're back. We're yeah. back. Yeah, I mean, there was kind of a dinosaur resurgence and an archaeological, um, you know, renaissance, if you will. All to be attributed to Jurassic Park. Carnosaur. Yeah. I'm gonna say dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> both wrong. It's dino riders. <laughs> no, um, Carnosaur is. Carnosaur is a weird. I mean, I, who's seen Carnosaur? I've seen Carnosaur. I'm pretty sure I watched it at your house once. Yeah. It's really weirdly disturbing. Like, yeah. like the Well, it's so cheap. Like, like it's kind of. It almost looks like, like a it. snuff film with dinosaurs. Very much. Which is very Roger strange. Corman, um, yeah. yeah. So but it is a snuff film. I, I remember being really freaked out by <laughs> that. That's the ultimate criteria for a snuff movie. <laughs> I remember being really freaked out by that movie, and it actually got like three or four, like three sequels or so, yeah. which is really funny. Um, but Jurassic Park is, I mean, obviously that's the, the better. It's pure class. I'm, I'm sorry, I can't. Was Although, Carnosaur th- theatrically released? I'm widely? I'm sure it was probably a limited release, if not direct video. Limited release yeah. theatrically from Concord Films in May, 18, May 1993, and it ended up grossing 1.7 million at the box office. You gotta go with JP. 
Oh, of course. It's amazing. Yeah. Especially relevant, because I think, well, I know the three of us. Wait, did you see those? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, yeah, the three of us, uh, Alex, Willie, and I saw Jurassic Park again in the theater, and it was awesome. Yeah. yeah. It has solidly withstood the test of time. Absolutely. That's a strange case of, of, of twin movies, because they're, they're so different. One of them is a straight horror movie. Well, and I mean, that's the interesting thing about a lot of these. Yeah, as they take them in different avenues. Yeah. Yeah. Um, see, here's, here's the thing, is that I haven't seen, like, one of the two in most of these. Let's go with Tombstone and Wyatt Earp, 93 and 94, Ooh, respectively. That's one of my favorites, because it's literally a specific, yeah. a specific historical character. Yeah. And, and here's the interesting thing about that is, uh, Kevin Costner was attached to Tombstone. Okay, he really wanted to make his Wyatt Earp film. He had a falling out with the producers, apparently because they were not sticking as close to the historical you know, okay. basis as, the, as he wanted to. So he went out and made his own, Wyatt Earp. Wyatt Earp bombed horribly. Tombstone soared to <laughs> new heights, okay? And I actually watched these two back-to-back in Colorado, which was fitting because a lot of it takes place in Colorado. But, um, uh, Tombstone. Oh, my God. Seriously, Val Kilmer's... <laughs> Tombstone's amazing. Yeah. Um, we got Val Kilmer. Michael we got Bean's, Michael Bean. Michael Bean's mustache. Oh, my God. I wish I remembered Wyatt Earp. Johnny Ringo's mustache. Wyatt Earp focuses more on his young life okay. and, and, and actually kind of leading up to the events of Tombstone. I mean, it... it does have the shootout at the OK Corral, but quite frankly, Wyatt Earp's early life was kind of not that in- interesting to me. So. Wyatt Earp okay. does have star of Mortal Kombat, Lyndon Ashby. It does indeed. He is one of Wyatt Earp. <laughs> he actually plays the Bill Paxton role in Tombstone, <laughs> and Dennis Quaid plays the Val Kilmer role of Tombstone. Yeah, it's, it's weird. Sorry. It's strange that those two, those two are really fun twin movies. Yeah. But Wyatt Earp is kind of a big, long, boring mess, and Tombstone is rem- such rip-roaring fun. Yeah. And it's it's got a reuni- it's it's a reuniting of, of of Hicks and Hudson from Aliens in the Wild West. And it's Sam Elliott. And it's got Powers Booth with a mustache too. <laughs> True. All good things. It also has C. Thomas Howell. Or no, not C. I'm sorry. Uh, wow. I know who you're thinking of like Thomas Hayden Church. Thomas Hayden Church. Yeah. Indeed. My bad. C. Thomas Howell could be in there somewhere. It's seriously. If you haven't seen Tombstone, please God go see Tombstone. <laughs> it's, a, it's a classic. All right. Uh, next up, we've got. Let's go with Powder and Phenomena. Oh, man. Sorry. Sorry. I like this. I've seen both of these, but Whoa. I was I was probably these both came out in 95 and I was probably 5 years old when I I have seen the movies. trailers for both of these. <laughs> I What do you think, Tim? John Travolta is really gross in Phenomenon trailer, right? Like he like he puts like milk in his mouth and like spits it out. No, that's that's probably Michael. I think that's Michael. Michael. God, Which is I, the same movie basically. What's Phenomenon? Phenomenon is where he can like make things float with his hands or something. John Travolta? Yeah. Oh, so it's got John Travolta in it. Yeah. Ugh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> You've got Don- John Travolta versus early Sean, Sean Patrick. Patrick Flattery. Yeah. Here's the thing. I actually <laughs> saw, I remember the scene Phenomenon in the theaters, and it's like the one movie where I can't explain to you how or why I got to the theater Didn't to see that. did we just talk about Phenomenon like not too long ago? We I had don't a, think so. I, just, I can't believe that. I hope not. Um, <laughs> I, there was somebody I was talking to about Phenomenon at length. I have hysterical. I have a very vivid memory of this, which goes with what Willie is saying, is how did I end up at the theater for Phenomenon? We were actually in the process of moving out of my house, and there was a, a contest in the newspaper to answer some question. It was probably about uh, uh, John Travolta. And <laughs> while we were having this garage sale, my brother like called up and was like, blah, 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 and we got it right. And it was like one of the first showings at the Birmingham 8 when it was a brand new theater. And I went and saw Phenomenon there. 
Wow. And it was like an early screening of the movie, wow. too. And I was like five years old. That's weird. Weird. We both saw it in the theater. That's really strange. Yeah. Because no one else did. No. Um, <laughs> uh, all this phenomenon I'm talking aside, Powder's better. Because when I saw Powder as a, as a, as a you know, teenager, I kind of liked the angst of that movie. And it totally felt like an X-Men character origin story. Like, because he was born looking different and kind of, like, and he had these powers and stuff, it totally felt like it could be, it could have been like an X-Men origin Powder's story. a pretty good movie. It just, and the ending is really bizarre. Yeah, I don't even remember the ending, but I remember liking Should his lightning it? bolts and stuff. I feel like looking back on both movies, and Phenomenon was 96, so excuse me. I was six years old when I saw that movie. Yeah. But um, I feel like Powder does have a lot more to say. Um, like, there's a lot more thematic material in Powder than there is in Phenomenon. And Flannery's really I, good. I feel like Phenomenon's more like, here is this interesting thing happening to this everyman, whereas Powder is more of a, here's a kid who is tortured by what he is. And yeah. Isn't Mary Steenburgen his, like... Mother, or yes, like, or, yeah, or his caretaker figure. or something. Yeah, it's he's really honestly like it's a good Flannery doesn't get a lot of a lot of credit, but he's a, he's a really a solid actor. Honestly, he is. I mean, he's really good in Suicide Kings. I love that movie, and he's, he's really pretty, good in that. That's a good movie. Um, and he's really his early career, like you said, early he's early Flannery is really he's impressive. One of those stars that should have probably taken off, but never really quite did. Yeah, somehow Norman Reedus became the one that took. <laughs> <off. laughs> The only right. thing I have to say about Phenomenon that's really funny is that for some reason... Wait, what was that, 95? 96. 96. For some reason, I remember my brother was obsessed with the thought of this movie. Like, it was coming out, <laughs> and I think he saw the trailer for it, and for some reason he was like, I want to see that so bad. And it was 96, so my brother was 9. And <laughs> for some reason, he wanted to see Phenomenon so bad. And I remember I, my mom even kind of being like, why? Well, you know what's really funny about that is I had a kid in high school, and I, for whatever reason, this story, this, 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 I remember this. It's not even like a very important memory of high school, but um, this kid in high school in my one of my classes for like three months, he was like, "Dude, Basic with with John Travolta." I to go see Basic. Like, I'm really excited to see Basic with Travolta, and and, and I'm like, why? Like, why? Bro, have you heard about Broken Arrow? <laughs> he got really excited. So maybe, I don't know. Maybe there's something that Travolta just does something to people. I don't know. To young boys. <laughs> oh boy, here maybe we go. So. All right, moving on. Um, showgirls and striptease. I think that's basically one of those. Showgirls. Like, oh, showgirls is happening. We need to throw together a movie that's basically almost porn at the time. Yeah, I mean, show uh, striptease is a lot classier of a film than showgirls is certainly. That being said, when we're making movies about strippers, do we want classy or do we want <laughs> showgirls? Is amazing. That's the thing is, do you want do you want a lady in the street but a freak in the bed? Because if so, go with striptease. If you want a straight up hussy, watch showgirls because that's what that is. I'm torn between. No, I'm not. I mean, Paul Paul Verhoeven. What? Verhoeven did showgirls. Yeah, yes. I'm saying what? Like who yeah. in his track record? What? <laughs> I think that's what he said, too. <laughs> but the thing is, Burt Reynolds is so good in striptease that oh, you can't goodness. deny him. And Demi Moore is way hotter than Elizabeth Berkley. And she had new boobs, and she was showing them off, and they looked really, really good. They did. She looks really good in that movie. Like, really Okay, good. I think that's enough about those movies. Boobs? Um, <laughs> about boobs? Well, no. We didn't even get to talk about, about Kyle MacLachlan. Oh, he's steamy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about Kyle MacLachlan. The house that they filmed the pool sex scene in Showgirls is like two blocks down from my grandfather's house in Vegas. <laughs> It's not a joke. <laughs> Did your grandfather buy the house Excellent. because of that? I hope so. Because of proximity? Every night, just go to the window and come. I, I hope so. He's like Gatsby at the end of the dock. 
<laughs> All right. Um, oh, God, I want to talk about Gatsby. <laughs> You're making me sad, man. I'm sorry. We'll 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 talk more about Gatsby one day. Hopefully, Willie or just, somebody somebody can catch. Just it. so it's on official podcast record, in case we never get to again. I thought Gatsby was awesome. Oh, I you loved it. it, and I wish I had been here, or I wish there had been a week where we could have seen it. Yeah. So Alex and I could talk about it at least. Instead, we cover, we reviewed Purple Rain, and it was worth it. Go check oh, it out. God, um, that was good. <clears throat> okay, True so things. I know this is one that Willie... This popped up in Willie's head as soon as this conversation went on. 1997, we have Dante's Peak vol- versus Volcano. Same year? Same year. That's even better. Exactly. Um, that's year. ideal conditions. Uh, oh, yes. <laughs> but those movies don't feature is it, ideal conditions. Oh, no, they don't. <laughs> is it a perfect storm of <laughs> volcano films? Um, I... <laughs> I love disaster films because they were so many for like three years. Like it was just like one after like Roland Emmerich built his life on disaster yeah. movies. Oh, yeah. Um, this is, is the one where I'm really torn because the idea of a volcano like erupting underneath Los Angeles is so preposter- like preposterous mm-hmm. that like I have to love that. And Tommy Lee Jones like is saving everyone. And I remember there's this really disturbing scene where a dude like. Tries to like save some people and then like jumps out the like he. I'm like, why did you? The same scene happens in Dante's Peak. And he melts to like down. It was really disturbing. But grandma, grandma melting in Dante's Peak. Dude, Dante's Peak is way better. It's a great, it's a great movie. (laughs) That scene is horrifying. I remember seeing that on cable as like, what year was this? Ninety-seven. Yeah. I yeah, I was probably like ten. Or no, I was probably like yeah. I just remember seeing it on cable and being like, ah, it freaked me out. And I was really concerned for the dog the whole time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, and Pierce. he's great. And Linda Hamilton's Linda really Hamilton. good, too. She was at the Linda. peak right there. Volcano's really funny. She was at the peak. <laughs> oh. What? Oh. What I, 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 got, I got lost by Nick's joke. I feel, I feel like Tim, Tim <laughs> hasn't said enough. No, it's, it wasn't important either. Okay. Um, no, Volcano's funny because they like the lava's all around. They just walk by it. Like, they don't even sweat. I like, know. the whole time. They're just walking <laughs> yeah. by the lava. Like, no, not affected As long all. as you don't touch it. <laughs> it's like the lava game as a kid. Like, did we ever sweat? No. But as long as you don't, like, tip your toe and you're good to go. What's interesting it's, is the involcano. They didn't have the sweat tech that The Rock did in Fast, <laughs> and Fast Five, so, sorry. In Volcano, it's... There's lots of lava, like it's just lava everywhere. And Dante's Peak, it's more like the ash, ash yeah. and the, 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 the landslides and like the acid lake. The like, actual conditions of a volcano. Yeah, yeah. there's not there's not a lot of like it, it's more like the collapsing tunnel scene is really sweet. Well, and then there's the absurdity because there's not a lot of lava. It's just like all these claustrophobic. It's I don't know. So they should just call it volcano lava, <laughs> yeah. basically. And, and, and lava the movie. I remember there's an absurdity about. I don't remember Dante's Peak them trying to like beat the volcano. Like you can't beat a volcano, mm-hmm. but like in in, in <laughs> volcano, Tommy Lee Jones is like I'm beating this volcano. It's like the core where they're like we're gonna get this. Yeah, thing. no, seriously, like it gets to that point. So the best the best thing that has ever been said in the universe about volcano was something my uh, my friend Jim said years ago. Out of the blue, he was talking about volcano, and I still I probably still have the text saved somewhere because it made me laugh so hard. He was like, "What about volcano? That's an amazing movie." And he goes, "Tommy Lee Jones versus a volcano. Who wins?" Answer: The movie going audience. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. Pretty good. Right. Oh man. Um, Ants versus A Bug's Life in 1998. Oof. Oof. There's life. There's not even a contest. No. Oh, okay. is Bug's Life good? Bug's Life's amazing. Bugs Life's I don't. Good. I don't. Ants is really weird. Ants has Woody Allen, Nick Cage, and right? Sylvester Stallone. Ants. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, Bug's Life is one of Pixar's best movies. Is it? <laughs> the, the PS1 game is really good too. <laughs> Same year, 1998. We have Armageddon versus Deep Impact. 
Ooh, see now here's the thing: is Deep Impact is a really dark movie. Like yeah. it's really depressed. Like there's nothing yeah. enjoyable about watching what these people are going through. I've actually never seen Deep Impact. It's rough, dude. Like characters that you would like, you instantly peg. You're like, there is no way this person is dying. They're dead. Like it's really shocking. But I've heard Deep but Armageddon Impact is, is really so much better <laughs> because yeah. Armageddon is Armageddon. No, that's that's Michael Bay is probably his best movie. I'm just saying. Armageddon's really good. It's all, well, dude, Rockhound. Yeah. Yeah, no, the cast of Armageddon is amazing. Like the effects of Armageddon are pretty sweet too. Yeah, yeah, I it's remember. a cool looking movie. Yeah, it's yeah, it's got a great. It does have a great cast. Mm-hmm. And that let's be honest, like at some point or another, you've sang along to that song from Armageddon. <laughs> you know, that's the part. That's the only problem about Armageddon is it's one of those movies that is, and I have nothing against a good, great love story, but it's one of those movies that's absolutely hampered by the attempt at a love story. Yeah, it's just like, kind of like Pearl Harbor. It's just like who gives a shit. No, no one. All right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but oh my god, no! It's so heartbreaking though. And Bruce, Will- well, the potential is amazing for sure. And, it's and just the execution and the and the two actors involved. Like they have it's... no chemistry, and it's just guys. Mm. Bill Fickner plays a guy named Willie. <laughs> Willie Sharp. He it wins. <laughs> Barry, no! Oh come on, kids. <laughs> These two movies to me are definitely though the. the These are yeah. Example. This is like yeah. It's a perfect example. Yeah, mm-hmm. like massive scale. Asteroid centric disaster movies. Yeah. Same year. It's amazing. Beautiful. Yeah. Hollywood doing this thing. Let's get one more in here. I think we we got we got enough time for a couple more. I so. have a personal favorite that I'd like to Do you? It's well, actually well, two What what year are we talking? Uh ninety eight, ninety nine, and ninety nine, two thousand two. It involves three movies. What? Let's hear it. <laughs> Mind explosion. <laughs> Alex's well, brain just hit the wall. Ninety eight, ninety nine, uh, Dark City and The Matrix are okay. oh, off-compared yeah. movies. Yeah, and rightfully so. Obviously, The Matrix is the bigger release. It's More been a long time it. since I've seen Dark City, but I remember liking it better than The Matrix when I, the first time <laughs> I had seen both of them. I don't know if that holds up, but I like Proyas. Pro- Alex I like Proyas. Is really I don't really good. like Alex Proyas. No, you don't. No. I, like I like one Alex Proyas movie, and it's Dark City. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think like, the guy has. Amazing potential. Yeah, I like. Oh, he made the crow, didn't he? I like Dark City. Oh, yeah. I, like I only the, like one movie. <laughs> I like Dark City. I like the crow, and I like iRobot. I like all three of them. I kind of like. Proyas, I think, has amazing potential as a director for sure. Because I think the Matrix was the shit when it came out. Obviously, no one's gonna say otherwise because everyone loved it. Sure. But looking back, like I don't like it as much anymore. It hasn't aged terribly well. Yeah. And it's also been it's also been marred a little bit by the sequels. Sure. Um, sure. No. Dark City, I think, is is a much more interesting movie. Like it's presented much more hmm. interestingly, and it's. It's just dripping with... It's the rock level dripping with atmosphere. Like, that movie is just... And I, I, in all honesty, I, I'll, I'm going to have to... Re, I, I have it on, on DVD, and I'll have to rewatch it so I can... That's a sweet movie. Yeah. Have you ever seen it, Alex? No. I remember Kiefer's got glasses on yeah, that movie. Yeah, you should Alex, you'd like Kiefer's it. Kiefer's really, really He looks really nerdy in that movie, yeah, and I was like, that's He's strange. really stuttery. Yeah. Uh, but then the other one is The Matrix and Equilibrium. Ah, yeah. Because Equilibrium was... They weren't released that close to each other, but those two are compared so heavily, and a lot of people, when Equilibrium came out, they were like, it's a rip-off of The Matrix. But I think Equilibrium is the bomb. I think I think Equilibrium really stands on its own. I I, I, think, I understand where people are coming from with that comparison, but I, it, I wouldn't call them twin movies, but... They're very... Stylistically, they're, they're really twin movies, I guess. I always paired Equilibrium up with... Well, obviously, because of uh, Minority Report. Yeah, 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 that's that's, that's a, a that's a reasonable too. one. I I 
Because I've always liked so- Equilibrium better than The Matrix, but that's I just I like the cast of Equilibrium a lot. Because of just like this, they're they're I guess they're probably not twin movies, but they are so often compared that they almost are like honorary twin movies. So people always would say whenever I would tell people about Equilibrium and just like show them what it looked like the DVD cover, they like looks like a shitty rip off of The Matrix. And I'm like. Yeah, yeah mean, the poster I mean, does make it. Yeah. It's the first time... And they time marketed that, it that way, too, because yeah. I remember picking up the box at the video store of the VHS tape, and it said, "If you even better than The Matrix, was like the quote on the back, and yeah. I was like, what? And it's I the, watched it, and I was like, they're not really that. It's the first time that Angus McFadden uh, was able to play a villain <clears throat> since um, Warriors, of Virtue. Warriors of Virtue as Komodo, so I was pretty excited right there, because Komodo is full Angela. <laughs> All right, on that note, um, I think we have a bunch more here, so maybe we can just revisit this again. Uh, we're we're kind of stopping here at 90, 98, 99. I do want to say this is a, a Wikipedia article, and they have, they have a category here. It says examples of three or more similar films out at about the same time. Oh, wow. They have The Matrix, The 13th Floor, Existence, and Dark City. The 13th Exist- Floor. Existence and The Matrix. Yeah, yeah. And- and then the more mind-blowing one here. All of these movies came out in 1989. Deep Star Six, Leviathan, The Abyss, The Evil Below, Lords of the Deep, and The Rift. If I knew all those movies, I feel like this would be a mind-blowing I've seen two moment. of them. I've seen The Abyss and Deep Star Six. And Deep Star Six is an underrated underwater horror film. Nick would be freaked out by that movie. I hate water stuff, man. Yeah. The Abyss is amazing. The Abyss is really good. It, the, I need to rewatch The Abyss as well, admittedly. So... Deep Star Six. Yeah. It's got a really cool poster. It's really a creepy poster. Why is IMDb even refusing to identify this? It says it has a running time of one minute. What? Uh, it's longer than that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Miguel Ferrar is in it? Yep. Done. So. Oh, and I suppose the other one that we could hit on uh, this year is Olympus Has Fallen and White House Down. And that's a very obvious, you know. Yeah. It's just very... I. I really want a deep understanding in how these happen. Honestly, you're probably not far off. I think that I think that what happens is people hear something a script in the gets trades. out there that gets bought, and honestly, what happens is there might be a bit of script bidding going on. If somebody likes a script enough, let's say Universal gets the script for for Olympus Has Fallen. Well, maybe Paramount or whatever was like, "Hey, we really wanted that. Let's just have somebody write one for us." Either that or they bought a way cheaper one years ago and they just sat on it. Yep. And yeah. now's yeah. the time yeah. to make this thing. Yeah, absolutely. Studios buy yeah. hundreds of scripts, they never even yeah. do anything yeah. So there's there's that's totally a possibility. I feel like these rumors of this kind of thing happen all the time and then inevitably one never makes it to screen. Because well also we have the two Hercules movies coming out. We do. So I remember when Snow White and the Huntsman was announced. I think that was one that was announced first. And then they were like, by the way, Mirror Mirror's coming out also. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, what the hell, man? Weird. <laughs> All right. I think that uh, tops off our twin films discussion for today. Hopefully we can come back at a later date. Uh, maybe once we talk about uh, White House Down, or whichever one hasn't come out. <laughs> yeah, White House Down. Probably not going to see that movie. Um, you scuffed my Air Jordans, man. You didn't see the trailer, though. No, I didn't. That we just saw. Yeah. It looks like a comedy. I'm kind of in. Yeah. <laughs> the president wears Air it, Jordans. It actually looks like Bro Olympus has fallen now. Like, that's not just a joke. Yeah. We may have to choose between that and Much Ado, and we'll see where what the chips fall. What a double feature, though. <laughs> All right, um, well, on to our full review. This week we are talking about After Earth. 
I shouldn't have said my, uh, M. Night Shyamalan's because nowhere in any of the press or anywhere are you going to see M. Night Shyamalan's name attached to this film. But um, After Earth, directed by M. Night Shyamalan, starring Jaden Smith, uh, Will Smith, uh, Zoe Kravitz, and Sophie Oconedo. 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 Um, synopsis from IMDb. A crash landing leaves Kaitai Rage and his father Cypher stranded on Earth 1,000 years after events forced humanity's escape. With Cypher injured, Kaitai must embark on a perilous journey to signal for help. You just finished the movie, and there's no reason to go see it. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much the movie. Um, we're not going to do spoilers for this one, because there's really not a whole lot to spoil. No. And I feel uh, like we're, we're doing people a disservice by making them think that there's something worth spoiling. Yeah, and that's the strange... Okay, this is where I'm going to start. <laughs> M. Night Shyamalan. I, I've only seen The Sixth Sense, uh, Signs, and Unbreakable. And it's been a very long time since I've seen any of the three. M. Night Shyamalan is really good at subtext he was really good at subtext he was really good at subversion of your expectations and and uh you, like there's there's reasons that people look back to the sixth sense when they talk about twists like that it kind of almost marked a new era away from like Hitchcock's ability to twist things on you. Absolutely. It became it became M. Night Shyamalan's <clears throat> technique because Hitchcock fans have lessened over the years and for whatever kind of reasons you want to say. This movie doesn't have any of the stuff that M. Night Shyamalan's good at. And while at some of it I feel like he could be a serviceable like sci-fi director, I don't feel as though... I mean, he was relatively invisible in this film and that's probably a horrible thing. Like... Any sort of, like, real touch of, like, M. Night Shyamalan, like, Hallmark could have injected some sort of, like, interest in this movie, right? I honestly, I, honestly, I think that we, I think we all know that Will Smith kind of wanted to make this movie, like, this was kind of what it's, he wanted to do. He has a story by credit. And I think that he hired a director, and so that he had a, a notable director on the movie, yeah. that if it crashed and burned... It wouldn't be like, oh wow, Will Smith really screwed up. It would be, oh look who screwed up again. <laughs> honestly, genius maneuver on Will Smith's part. On, and I, yeah, I, I honestly, I would dare anybody to argue that that's not a possibility. Well, and good. I mean, that's good for all M Night too, because like he really shouldn't be directing movies anymore. This is a gift, really. <laughs> like he got money for it. He another squandered movie. it. Yeah. Well. I well, mean, it's really like it's. Before we get away from it, I want yeah. to say I'm really happy that Alex said what he said because I'm really glad that someone will acknowledge that M. Night Shyamalan maybe still is, but at least certainly once, an amazing director. I see. He's, he's he, got three movies, he at has, least three movies was, in his filmography was that are... incredibly talented. Yeah. And I still think the talent's there, actually, because I didn't think it was... I thought it was a decent enough looking movie. It felt like an like it was deliberately paced like an M Night Shyamalan like it felt like an M Night Shyamalan movie to me. Did it, it was it, yeah. me. it, it did felt, to me for it some felt reason. Like, no. Maybe if I had seen more of his recent work I would I would feel it more. Like if I had watched more M Night Shyamalan preparing for this. The tone and the pacing of it wasn't that far off from Unbreakable. <clears throat> it had a couple me. moments really? that I was yeah. kinda like there's a there's a there's a tiny whisper of of M Night in here. But overall it 
I think the theory is probably completely true that Will Smith wrote, came up with this idea for this movie and was like, I want to make this a vehicle for me and my son. And I'm going to hire the one guy who can't say no. Yeah. Literally yeah. cannot say no because <laughs> if it's a hit, it'll put him back on the map. And people will be like, oh, look, Shaman's back. And he probably didn't have to pay him that much <laughs> to make it because he's like, I'm giving you the chance to make a Will Smith movie. Yeah. And if it bombed, like Willie said, that it'll just, it'll absolutely get hung around Shyamalan's neck. Everyone's going to be like, oh, well, it's not. You know. And it's not really even going to hurt He couldn't his... even make a good movie with Will Smith. It's not going to hurt like... his career any more than it already has hurt. Yeah. I don't think. Exactly. It's like, it's it's a shame. I uh... I know Willie had, had some points that he wanted to get across. Well, the first thing I want to say is, in regards to Will Smith, I just want to have fun watching Will Smith again. I mean, and this is not just After Earth. I want to have fun watching Will Smith again. I mean, Men in Black, uh, Independence Day, Bad Boys 1 and 2. I mean, there was a time when, like, he was one of the most charismatic male leads in, in movies. And I swear to you, it's like every movie he makes lately, he's he's inhibiting himself by playing these, by taking these really dull, depressed man roles. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, he was okay. Yeah, he, he can... He can do dramatic, and I'm totally okay with that. Like, he was great in Ali, and he was yeah. solid in, in I Am Legend as well. But I don't understand his obsession with lately with playing. We, like, we saw a glimmer of it, I think, in Hancock, a bit of that old Will Smith charm. But even then, he's still playing a character who's very downbeat. and Well, he's kind of taken, like, I didn't see Seven Pounds. Seven Pounds is really good. I didn't see Pursuit of Happiness. That's really good, too. Um... I have, like, out of the past few movies of Will Smith, I've seen After Earth, I've seen Men in Black 3, I've seen Hitch. Two of those three, I love. I have love in my heart for Hitch and and for um, Men in Black 3. And I also have some love for I Am Legend. I fully acknowledge that it's mostly just two-thirds of a good movie, but... But I just... I, I feel like he's trying to pick these roles to expand... Or maybe this was like his his attempt to hand the torch over because maybe he's tired and he wants to be done, or maybe he just wants to set up his son for life. But uh, this isn't the way to do it. No, I I I just I feel like I would I would rather watch I would rather watch him try to be funny and have fun in a movie and like enjoy being on screen, like seem like he enjoys being on screen. Like I would rather watch Wild Wild West than watch this movie. <laughs> And I, because at I, least there he's trying to like have a good time and and give provide a good time for the like in this I felt like he there was no effort from him to try and I, I miss I miss Will Smith. It's like being he's fun. For, yeah, like he's forgotten why people liked him in the first place. He, he, I don't yes, I don't yeah. necessarily think that's true because Men in Black Three really surprised me. I I think Men, in, <laughs> but that's also <clears throat> he had to be old Will Smith because what is he going to do exactly? So. Yeah. It's too bad too because with this movie, he could have gone that route because he's supposed to be this like distant, unavailable father who's this legendary warrior who his kid has to live up to, and and he still could have been a, a somewhat of a variant of old Will Smith. Like he didn't have to be like a robot. I'm super somber and like he yeah. could have been like overly cocky to the point where where his son like is like an almost. Intimidated by how how easily everyone loves, and at him least and how, then we would have much... had an interesting performance from Will Smith. That's one thing about this movie. There was nothing interesting about this movie to me. 
I mean, I, the performances I, I, are all pretty. Excepting his daughter, they're all downright just wooden. I mean, yeah. I mean, seriously, the art direction, the costume design, the creature design, the soundtrack, the the sets, the the acting, the writing, every single part of this movie is so bland. I mean, seriously, so bland. There, there wasn't a single, a single dis- choice in the making of this movie that made me think, wow, that looks cool, or wow, that sounds cool, or even the, even the sound mixing pissed, pissed me off. Like, it blew out my eardrums on more than one occasion where I was like, there's too much noise coming from all the... Ser- it did. Like, I know, there was one scene I remember thinking that. It's... Every decision made in every department on this movie failed. Every, so, everything. So we have that point from Willie. I know both Nick and Tim have a somewhat counterpoint to that and that they have some morsel of worth to there, come out this of This is film. maybe the one moment where M. Night shone through. Okay. I think, I think this was like he was in a cave-in and this is his like the moth moment from Lost where he like got that little hole and was like, <laughs> I can breathe. Um, Tim, why don't you... We were going to talk about the same moment, right? Which moment were we going to talk about? You say it. You say it because it's... I would have terrible time remembering it right now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> was it? It's the mo- oh yeah. It was the moment um, where he talks his son through the fear. Yes. Yeah. Yes. How, how he theory, first learned his to theory ghost. on fear. Yes. And, and the story of yes, how he learned to ghost, which we learned about through that wonderful exposition at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> Sarcasm. Yeah. The, yeah. The, why don't the you, accents why don't are weird you, in this movie. Yeah. Why the? Why do they? Yeah. The accent. Yeah. I was kind of going. Why with, does anyone talk like they talk? Anyway, go ahead. But what is the quote that he says? Uh, fear is a choice. He says, "Fear, fear is a choice," and then, he, and then he has the. It's the one scene where Will Smith actually kind of like sat forward and was like, <clears throat> "Yeah," and turned yeah. into Patrick Stewart. Cannons like, to the right. Of- like, yeah, he and he was. Yeah, he's good in that. Scene. He's like, "Fear, fear is a choice," and he says, "But make no mistake." He's like, "Danger is real." He's like, "But fear is is a choice. How you respond to it is a choice." And the, yeah. the part that seemed so actually interesting and poignant to me was when when he says. Uh, you're basically trying to predict the future if you're scared. He's like, you, yes, you've already yeah. laid out a series of outcomes. You're afraid of the future. Yes, and you've already in your mind, he's like, it's a product of your imagination. In your imagination, you're thinking, oh, well, this is going to happen, and that's going to be bad, and so I'm scared. Either A, I'm going to die, B, I'm going to you know, get mangled or whatever. And, and he's basically saying, if you're, it's a choice how you react. And if I recall, that's a very, and I don't want to get too deep into this because it's been, but that's a very, like, based in Scientology thing right am i I'm not sure. not, i have no idea i think it like that idea well, not, not fear but control control yes yeah yeah I, and like i think we read the same article probably probably yeah and i thought it was and it, like that's when i went into this i was like oh my gosh will smith made his battlefield earth like i'm really excited <laughs> right now and that's why i was so disappointed because it's totally not as daffy and amazing as battlefield I, earth I, I, I honestly have never said this I would rather watch Battlefield <laughs> right. this movie. And, like, that's the thing. Like, the only interesting parts were the parts where I'm like, oh, that's, that's like, a Scientology thing. The, and re- like, at the least, rhetoric like, that is y- yeah, seeping through. At least I'm, like, at least I'm engaged in this part. The rest of it is just, I don't know. Yeah, this is that... the episode where Tim becomes a Scientologist. <laughs> <laughs> this one was able to look back on the stage the day Tim took over Scientology and made yeah. his own. I think... I think that the, the article we, we I think we probably both read was very interesting because it said why this movie is about Scientology and it, it when you read about it it's actually pretty it's a pretty strong case but yeah. they said that Scientology one of the main credos of it is all about control of you of your life and your destiny and your surroundings and and basically you can control everything and 
So this is a little tiny splinter off of yeah. that, but I think that it was actually crafted into something cinematic. Like it's the only part of the movie to me that actually. Well, that and that's the other problem anything. is that idea is fine, but like, well, it can, can it sustain a well? Here's hour this, and forty minute movie. This is kind I of going off of what no. I was thinking. No. <laughs> you hit the climax of this movie and the character turn point. The char- like. The end point for Jaden Smith's character arc, if there was one to be had, is that he turns into this stoic... (laughs) Douchebag. Unfeeling. (laughs) Just completely devoid of any sort of, like, emotion or fear or whatever. And that's a mechanism of that whole monologue that Will Smith delivered. And it's like, if your character ends their journey at a blank slate who can fight well, you've got an issue with your movie. (laughs) Especially if you have a dude who's already at that point acting as a central function of the film. Real quick, and this I might be an idiot, but can anybody actually tell me what happened? <laughs> like, I know that sounds really. What is the plot of this movie? I'll tell you the plot of this movie. Did the alien? The the the, the their ship. They're, they're going. Will Smith is going on one final no, mission. I know, I know this. The yes. ship gets destroyed and lands on Earth earth and they need to get a beacon to send up to get rescued and this is jaden smith going to get that beacon it's essentially yeah. but, but i i guess what I, the mythology behind this what there's aliens but then there's spaceships that dropped like mutated cows and and eagles oh, out of I the forgot about that. nothing that said it partially because a it's a crap load of backstory pe- packed into a really bad voiceover with a weird accent yeah I still can't tell you what happened to Earth. No. Officially, like, I can't actually 100%. And I'm sure you can, if you watched it again, you would figure it out. But, but like, I should know this. That's not the M. Night Shyamalan. I didn't want to watch M. Night Shyamalan's movie to understand it more. I wanted to see where the where the tell was already given to me. And there's no tell in this movie. And there's no, like... It's just weird. Like, we no. should at least have some concept of, like, what is an Ursa? Was that the <laughs> thing that was dropped from the ship? Is that the thing that was piloting this ship? I was sorely yeah. disappointed that it wasn't a bear. Well, that's another... It's called Ursa. That's it. another complaint I have, is... We're t- essentially, at its at its core, this could have been a, a cool, like, adventure movie where, you know, little Jaden Smith is running around trying to get from point A to point B, and he's encountering all of these interesting, evolved versions of animals that we're all familiar with. We see, like, three animals. Yeah. And, yeah. Then, like, and none of them are all that interesting looking. Like... The, the tigers have, like, relatively bigger teeth, and, like, the birds are just a little bit bigger than usual birds. And not and to like, mention that all of the earth that you see is just... A jungle? Random jungle with stream running through it. <laughs> and it's just and really, waterfall. It's just really boring. Like, why why did we not see... Why why did we not see, like... Like, the one cool animal in this thing is the, the kind of, like, floating snake that he finds in the cave. That was kind of neat. Oh, like, the only evolutionary... That was the yeah. cool evolution... The rest of it, I was like... The only part that made me kind of go, hmm, was, like, the legions of bison that were back. I was like, that's kind of cool, actually. That was a neat touch, the but... The buffalo are, are there. But by that point, you're like, who cares? Okay, so... Oh, my God. Um, the one... I will say the one moment that I actually was effective for me was when he's climbing up through the... Towards the climax of the movie, when he's climbing up through the rock... And you know at some point that the thing's going to jump out of the water. And me and Nick share our aquatic fear of things underneath underwater. And I have a... Like, it freaks... Any, any scene where somebody's climbing and I'm worried something's going to grab their leg, that always freaks me out. So that was... 
That worked for me. I was well on Netflix by that point. <laughs> well, let me, let me, the part that was dumb there was he's got this incredible <laughs> weapon that can turn into anything. Yeah. And well, he chooses to use it as a stick to stand on. I was like, stab in the eye. It's right there. It's right below. You have a staff. It can, part, go, it can reach for you. That part freaked me out a little bit because it's like stabbed in the grabbing face. and stuff. So Jayden, This kid uh, wants to be a ranger? What? What's a ranger, by the way? Can anyone tell me what that it's actually is? It's a Will is? Smith. <laughs> Will Smith Legion. I Will Smith kills one thing in this movie <laughs> in flashback. For the rest of the movie, he's sitting in a chair. Here's a, I this just pop because he said one thing, and like there are serious there are two jokes in the movie. Like the this like pop, like there are two jokes in this movie. Towards the end, right? And there's one at the beginning because he's like, "That's not what my wife says," and he laughs like a robot. <laughs> and like, there's one at the end. And he said something about his wife again, and it was so funny to me the reaction because at first, like, people kind of laughed at the joke because they were still with the movie. Then the audience was so defeated by the end that that last joke just they're like, "Nope, no, no, there, was the, there was the one too when his son's like, "That sucked," and he's like, "That is correct." <laughs> well, and then, like that second, okay, that, three. That, that final joke is so poorly timed too. Oh god, yeah, it's like this is not. I mean, okay, yeah, we're supposed to think that... Like, if Jaden Smith gets to the stoic warrior state that he's supposed to, like, we shouldn't even have that joke in the end. It was just so funny to me that they realized, like, maybe this was, like, this movie was so grim we need a little bit of levity, but they only did it, like, twice. Well, <laughs> like, the thing that's <laughs> too late, like, the stoic warrior state that you, that you describe is, is a shame because to remove fear, that doesn't mean remove personality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, personality vacuum is what it means to remove fear. Like, it would have been such a cooler movie if Will Smith was, like... Not a robot. Somewhat Will Smithy, And, like, like maybe he's a good dad, but he's just not around. And, like, he's really loving to his kids. And that's why it's so sad when it looks like he dies and they're separated. Like, make me give a shit about this relationship. Yeah, yeah there was... It's like, no- so what if his dad dies? His life is not any if different. You, if you make Will Smith not charming in your movie, you have a fundamental flaw yeah, if you, in casting if you fight the natural, like incredible black hole pull of Will Smith's charm. Yeah. Why? Yeah. If you made his character Will Smithian in any regard, <laughs> and just ha- it would be so much cooler and, and, and actually interesting to see him shift into battle mode if he's like, you know, kind of somewhat good old like camaraderie with all the soldiers. And as Everyone soon as they loves crash, him. he gives that speech, you'd be like, oh, damn. And if you saw him in like the battle clip, like being cool or like sitting... Instead of, like, awkward nerd dad, like, well, I can't blow out the candles from here, daughter. That's <laughs> stupid. Back to studies. Like, <laughs> if he had been, like, funny, cool Will Smith, I would have been like, man, this is actually kind of a bummer. Like, I'm like, just die. Like, both of you die on Earth yeah. and no one will ever know, and it's fine. And then it would it'd just be so much neater if when he shifted into the no fear mode, if it was just, like, it'd actually be cool to watch. <laughs> I, 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 I honestly agree 100%. Okay, like, you just look like... No, no, I was, I, was just, I was just watching you do your thing. It was amazing. Um, no, neither one of these characters is interesting. And that's no. that's bad because they're like the, the only two characters in the movie. Yeah. And there's weird... I was, Baboon's character. I felt really distracted because they actually cast like actors in like the roles where they're on, like, on screen for like two minutes. Like the guy from The Office was... Yeah. <laughs> Roy. Roy from yeah. The Office was there. Yeah. And then the, the guy from Game of Thrones Season 3 with the giant red beard yeah. from North of the Wall was there. And then that like, guy who okay. plays like a mean authority figure in every movie was yes. he was there too. Yes. CEO at the beginning. Um, that was kind of strange. God, what's that guy's name? in everything. Glenn Morshower. Oh, Glenn yes. Morshower. Yeah, yeah, he was yeah. in that. One I love Glenn cast- <laughs> Hey guys, wait. His name? Commander Villan. <laughs> oh, oh my goodness. What? Related to Jean Villan of past world building. Um, like what is, what is happening in this movie? Why do they speak like they're? 
It's from Alabama, England. I was, <laughs> Why? I was. That's the thing. Like, I went into this movie going like, "Oh, this is getting terrible reviews. Everybody's crapping on it." Like, I want to be that guy the who goes to this movie and is like, "This isn't that bad, guys." And I was with it for like the first ten minutes. Like, Will Smith's doing that stupid accent. His kids calling him Sifo Wage or something. <laughs> like, it's like the first ten minutes is so dumb. I'm just like, ah. Oh. Give it to me. Give it to me after Earth. And then nothing. I could not. Like, it was just so and boring. I'm, I'm not. I won't lie. I did not. I, I did not come into this movie thinking. <laughs> Tim broke the podcast. I'm sorry, guys. I did not come into this movie thinking. Oh my god, another crappy M. Night Shyamalan movie. Like that was I. I I was I was somewhat excited because I I love science fiction and I was like, let me see what M. Night Shyamalan can do. Um make the bo- most boring science fiction film of all time. And that's what he did, and it's just it's it's depressing. It's yeah. not I didn't walk into this movie wanting to hate it. I try to never do that. And so Yeah, no, and I, I didn't either because like honestly, like I M. Night Shyamalan is like somebody that I just choose to ignore. Like I'm like he exists. He makes movies that most people don't like, and that's fine. I still watch every one of his movies. Good. I, I, I want do. him to come back so bad. Like I would love for him to finally make a movie that makes people go. I mean, I don't want to draw this comparison too strong, but like Pain and Gain. Like I gave up on Michael Bay. I was like, whatever. And then I watched Pain and Gain, and I actually rather enjoyed it. I'm not saying it was good necessarily, but I had a yeah. I had a good time watching it. Right. Yeah. And now I'm intrigued to see what Michael Bay does next. Like I might I might be a little more intrigued by Transformers Four. Probably not, but <laughs> like I want I want that Shyamalan movie to happen where people because even critics with Pain and Gain were were a lot of critics were like this is actually kind of cool. Yeah. Um, I want that movie to happen for for Shyamalan, like, but it's it's probably never going to because he has no control anymore. He has no clout or anything. Like Bay at least has yeah. piles of money and people that are willing to work for him. And Shyamalan, it's just like he had to just. It feels like he was really just pounded by Will Smith into how to make this movie. But maybe now that he's going to have to, st- I, mean, I mean, this is just me playing devil's advocate, maybe now that he has to struggle to kind of reestablish himself in Hollywood, it'll make him work harder and, and find something that's better. I think he just needs to, like, just take a deep breath and be like, what am I good at? Like, watch his old movies and say, what am I What am I good at making? And make it smaller, because Sixth Sense yeah. is a small movie. Unbreakable mm-hmm. is a small movie. Signs is a small movie. And it should be. They're all intimate well, stories. Well, they're small movies that deal with big ideas. Yeah. That's, but they're, like, it's yeah. a, they're intimate stories and they're so good all three of those that trilogy is awesome if it's even I, I consider it a trilogy I guess now as of 24 seconds ago but he just well he needs to find a writing partner that isn't like I, he's he's had a heavy hand in all the past movies like the past few movies that he's made because it's been all him mostly I think it always was yeah and but that's the thing is that I feel like he's kind of gotten away from it kind of like it's almost like a Lucas situation where he needs somebody to be able to pick his brain for what he really knows and then be able to weave that into something more coherent. Whereas, you know... I mean, it's just weird how all three of those movies, those first three, are really well written. But I think a big part of it is that he works... I don't know how good of a director he is, I guess, because the, in, in the, if, we're, if we're breaking down director to its most basic necessity of directing an actor and how to act yeah because his first three movies are all populated with very competent actors from the leads down to the character actors yeah. like bruce willis does not need a director mm-hmm. mel gibson does not need a director all they need is to be like well what do you want from the movie and then like help and then i will create this character 
and it's in even that's why the village to me is still at least a, a good watchable movie because it's got great actors in it. Maybe that's that's why with the happening, <clears throat> I, I I literally I've never seen worse acting from Marky Mark. Yeah, I've never seen worse acting because I think Zoe, they need Zoe directors. Channel. They yeah. need somebody to help. Yeah, they're, them. yeah, they're not good. And after yeah. Earth, Will Smith shouldn't need a director, but because he was pretty much acting as his own director, he was kind of doing whatever. And Jaden Smith, there's nothing that can save that kid. Like this, this is it. I, I, people have rained on his performances over the years, and I've been like, he's a kid. Like maybe, maybe he does suck, but maybe he'll get better. But after this, I'm like, I'm done. This kid is. Absolutely uncharismatic in every regard. He made the same face the whole movie, even when nothing was wrong. He was like, like incredibly <laughs> furrowed brow, like he was about to cry. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, "What is? What are you doing?" Not to mention that he like goes deaf whenever something insane is happening. Like he just. Yeah. He How is, many times does he get knocked unconscious in this movie? He is incredibly. This could be, be a good drinking game because he gets knocked out a lot. <laughs> but he gets movie. saved by a hawk. All right, we we have a minute, <laughs> we we have a minute left. Um... Final thoughts. Should we do letter grades? Sure. Uh, it's as low as a letter grade can go for me. Honestly, it is. I, there's nothing I like about this movie. No. Um, I won't. I won't do it. I won't give it an F. Um, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna say I'm happy Will Smith made a movie with his kids. He seemed to really love him. And he got to make a movie about Scientology. <laughs> Don't encourage this, Tim. So I give it a D plus. <laughs> Why? Because it would be just mean to give it an F. Like this, this man loves his child, wants to see him succeed. Made a movie with him, and you're just gonna crap all over him. Yes, I am. D plus. D plus stands. This is gonna become a slow clap moment, Tim. It's not happening. He really wanted it to. This man exploited his kid and is trying to make money off of his kid, who sucks. Like your kid blows. Make him get a real job mowing lawns and try to turn him into a normal He should have just made this, like, he should have just remade the song Just the Two of Us, like, into this movie, like, worked it into it. My, my final thoughts, <laughs> two, two things, two quotes. The two, the two almost awesome reviews I read of this movie, one person just said it's like the, the cinematic version of Rebecca Black's Friday, where their parents made them a movie and were like, happy, birth, happy 11th birthday, here's your movie. And, uh... The other one, I, why did I close Flickster? It was so good. We didn't even talk about Smart Fabric in the review. Uh, <laughs> what was the point of that? <laughs> I don't know. No, you know what? Okay, we have another few minutes here. Yeah. We, the, 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 <laughs> the purpose, like a science fiction movie movie almost lives or dies on its world building. And if you leave your world building to like an opening scene and then like one sentence explanations of certain parts of the world throughout you failed as a director right of a science fiction Be- before, film before the title comes on the screen you're done yeah there's like also I can't wait for the J.J. Uh, Abrams filed lawsuit for creature design <laughs> yeah for Cloverfield ripoff Clover- I, Super I 8 mean, monster that, is, is it Ursa god that was such Ursa a boring Minor. design I love <laughs> I love John Carter and it opens with a a monologue about Mars and the war that is taking place on Mars. It doesn't seek to tell you the thousand years that have gotten us from the death of Earth to... Like, you can't... If you're gonna... You need to have a very effective monologue delivered by somebody who knows what they're doing in order to make your monologue worth anything and neither of those two elements are there it's not even like serviceable it's not 
I couldn't even read it on my own and be like, okay, this makes sense. Mm-hmm. Let alone have Jaden Smith deliver it to me. <laughs> with a weird accent. With a strange accent that is completely inconsistent with everybody else's and itself somehow. Like, it's honestly, there's so many weird ideas in the, in this movie that get tossed aside and like just pop up right. Like the smart fabric. Yeah. Can anybody explain what the purpose that served to me? It changes. It changes colors. It's a. It's a mood ring. It's almost. <laughs> yeah. You're wearing it's a mood ring that also conveniently warns you when danger is approaching. He's like, my suit just turned black. I like it, but what does it mean? Yeah. It's friggin' <laughs> joke. It's. It's friggin'. It means there's danger coming from the west. Why are you looking around? Fucking look west, idiot. <laughs> it's. It's supposed to be Sting from the Lord of the Rings. Like that's what it's supposed to be. It's but... supposed to warn you through its color what danger you're in. I think this game's just a. It's, this movie's like, a video game. It was like I was really level dumb. Up, the yeah. suit changed. It, no, the it's like the first mission of a crappy video game because it it's he's got uh, like six gel packs. He's got six like Lysol air fresheners that get him through the rest of the movie, and like he got those, and then he has to go hit. Even a those are boringly designed. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Um, oh. It looks like something you get your birth control out it of. It looks like something. urinal cakes. Yeah. <laughs> Eat your urinal cake, son. What did you guys think of the hawk scene? That was pretty good. Though, That's right? another weird throwaway thing. Please, it, someone tell me what he was trying to say. With that, what? What? Well, was it? Did the hawk save him because he was sad that his babies were dead? And he's his, like, yeah. It's not like the hawk was like this kid is clearly doing something important. <laughs> Like, no. Weren't these There's things no, right to kill Gandalf people? and you can't summon eagles? That was really dumb. And then how about the weird Moby Dick stuff? Oh, the, oh wait a minute, though. Wait a minute. I told Alex this. <laughs> Their white whale is love and connection. And now they I, they don't have it. Because like, they're both emotionless assholes. Emotionless. <laughs> yeah. Dude, that's good, but it's not good enough. <laughs> no, it's stupid. It's really That's what they were going for. Though. I forgot about the giant hawk. Thing. Like the oh, it's this movie. so weird. Tim. This movie's an F. Just say it. <laughs> See, Sony just canceled the Last Guardian and wrapped it into one scene in After Earth, where you try to care for the eagle because it saved him from dying. But the, the eagle dog. Real quick to the casting of Sofia Kanodo and um, Zoe so Kravitz. They're both the best people in this movie, by the way. But yeah, like it's weird. Um, but they look so similar that I thought it was Sofia Kanodo. Like when she was saying "dad," and I was like, "Wait, what? Who is she? Is she?" Because I'm like, "Did they make out earlier?" Like, what? <laughs> like my head was like, and then I realized there were two different actors. Who, Zoe and her mom—that would have been good. Oh, by the way, Zoe Kravitz's stepdad is Jason Momoa. Wait, what is what kind of family was she born into? Just saying, Jason Momoa, Adelani Kravitz, star of The Hunger Games. What else was he in? I'm thinking of something <laughs> else. Music. <laughs> okay, the, star okay. of star of that Heather Graham video. Yeah, this yeah. review has jumped the shark. <laughs> speaking well, of that, we'll be talking about when actors' careers have jumped the shark for you in our or possibly talk. directors as well. Yeah, we'll get we'll get to that, but uh, we're gonna take a quick break and we will be right back. D plus. Time for this week's trivia question for our Marvel Cinematic Universe box set giveaway. This week we want you to name any one of the artifacts in Odin's vault as depicted in the movie Thor, excluding the casket of Ancient Winters, which plays a part of the film itself. So like us on Facebook and email the correct answer to feedback at midwestfilmnerds.com for a chance to win, and then check back on our Man of Steel review to see if you're the winner. 
back to the rest of the episode. And we're back. So, food for thought. Um, so on the topic of Will Smith and possibly M. Night Shyamalan as well, what actor or director has had too many misses for you to, you know, go to the theater just for them nowadays? You know? Their name is not going to bring you, like, oh my god, I'm there. Will Smith's a little arguable, but M. Night Shyamalan, we can say his name does not have the draw that it used to. So, Willie, you start us off. This absolutely pains me to say this, especially in recorded form. I already know what he's listening. Me too. John Carpenter. Oh, man. This is a man who I love. and, and John, Carper, director, John Carpenter, director let's, of... Let's look at a few of his early works. Halloween, arguably the greatest horror film ever made. The Fog, awesome. Escape from New York, The Thing, Big Trouble in Little China, Prince of Darkness, They Live... Unstoppable. Not a the movie, force but. to be reckoned with, okay? And usually in situations like this, it takes a few blows, especially from when I love somebody as much as this, for me to finally say, I can't do it, I can't. And the blows really started with Escape from L.A. for me. Um, Village of the Damned was in 95. It's not a great remake, but it works. But Escape from L.A., man, take a great movie and, and just crap all over it. Um, then we had John Carpenter's Vampires in 98. It was another blow. I love John Carpenter's <laughs> Vampires so much. Is that the one with James Woods? Yeah. yeah. Ooh, I don't know. It's not good. No. But it's got James Woods. And the final blow has to be Ghost of Mars in 2001. When I, I saw this movie in the theater, and I was really psyched because I'm like, oh my god, John Carpenter's back and he's got a big budget this time around. He's going to make it happen. Oh my god, it's so it's it's oh oh it's it's so bad and it just it really it's really depressing and the saddest thing is I had this this tiny little <clears throat> glimmer of hope when I saw Cigarette Burns which is what he he made uh, there were two seasons of masters two seasons of Masters of Horror that he contributed to the first one was Cigarette Burns and it felt like a real kind of like we were shifting back into old school Carpenter and then he made a weird one about abortion with Ron Perlman and it wasn't good. Um, so How about that idea on paper? John Carpenter, abortion movie, Ron Perlman. <laughs> ah! <laughs> so good. Give it to me! <laughs> John Carpenter, Ron Perlman, abortion movie. So that that that's one where it, it really it pains me to say it, but I... Have you still not seen The Ward? I still have not seen The Ward. Don't do it. And I'm really... I think it'll hurt my feelings too much to, to see it. And, and Tim saying don't see it... I know. Is enough what? <laughs> If Tim is saying don't see it, Tim gave After Earth a D plus, but The Ward, the highest rated film, and and another one, and I, I have to throw this out there real quick as well. I'm a huge horror movie fan, and my other horror movie champion is is of course the great George Romero, and he's another one where I, I I didn't see the last couple. I mean, there were limited releases, but I didn't see the last couple in theaters, and it was because I just couldn't, I couldn't bring myself to do it. Yeah, and I there was I mean Diary of the Dead was. Okay, uh, Survival of the Dead was really, really bad, mm. and I, I just feel horrible talking about this. <laughs> Please, somebody else. All right. I, I love you both so much, Nick. Who do you um, have in mind? 
Well, for actor, the first thing I instinctively thought of was Christian Bale. Cause I, I'm, I'm still a, a big Christian Bale fan, but I used to be like the biggest Christian Bale fan. Like they, he had a streak of movies there where he was just ungodly good. And did you go see Rescue Dawn in theaters? <clears throat> I didn't go see it in theaters. It's hard to seek out, I think, at the time. But he, uh, he was just on such an incredible streak. Not only the, were the movies good. His performances were ridiculous, and they were so varied. He was playing just all these different characters within, like, eight months of each other. And I was so fascinated by this guy, because it didn't seem like there were that many actors, let alone in his age range, because at the time he was, like, 30-ish, like, yeah. right around 30. Um, <clears throat> just a quick couple hits in a row. I mean, you had American Psycho, incredible. He was pretty awesome in Shaft. The Shaft remake is not an incredibly bad movie. It's It's actually kind of fun to watch, and he was pretty good in it. Laurel Canyon was a really good movie. Reign of Fire is awesome. Equilibrium is awesome. The Machinist was awesome. Reign of Fire is awesome. Thank yeah, you, right? <laughs> Dude. The Machinist was really good. And also then, has a good PlayStation 1 video game. No, PlayStation 2 video game. And has the best McConaughey performance. Second yeah. to Tropic Thunder. Uh, and then finally, we hit 2005, and we have like probably my most anticipated movie of all time was Batman Begins. And it came out, and it was amazing, and it, he that totally made him break through. And right after that, a little bit of a hiccup was Harsh Times, and I was kind of like, this is a weird movie, but he was really good in it, so I was like, I'm going to give it a pass. Wasn't that made before? It might have been. Begins, though, well and they released it after That's to capitalize on that heat. Uh, on that heat. And then Rescue Dawn was good. The Prestige was amazing. I was like, all right, he still got it. And then there was The Dark Knight. I mean, 310 Yuma was in there, and that was good, too, but The Dark Knight. And then there was Terminator Salvation. I was like... Because he was, he was really bad at it. He was really bad. And it was a really obnoxious display of a star having too much power in a movie, kind of like After Earth, where they, they toyed with the nucleus of Terminator Salvation to get Bale on board, and it made the movie worse than it should have been. And he didn't even show up to play. Like I was like, yeah. really, dude? And then Public Enemies was right after, and Public Enemies was also super bad. And I was like, oof. Then there was the fighter right after that, and I hate the fighter. I like him as a fighter. Unholy passion. He's pretty good at yeah. it, but it's not enough for me to like the movie. And uh, I was like, "This is the movie he's winning an Oscar for." Like at that point, I was like, "This is another one of those like, oh yeah, Christian's up next. Give give him one." <laughs> and, then, and then the Dark Knight Rises. He was he was actually really really good, and he seemed like he was really giving it his all in Dark Knight Rises. So, you know, the next the next couple years, we'll see what else. Now that he's done with Batman, we'll see what he what he starts to do now but he for me is probably the biggest example of uh of actor and the only one i can really think of for director i really can't i all i think of is Shyamalan because i remember rooting for the happening i was like come on the happening like be good yeah. <laughs> and the the teaser poster was really cool and like moody and creepy and i was like this could be it like he's getting back to like because it was leading the water before that thing and people were pretty lukewarm on that as yeah. well as the village and i was kind of thinking the happening would be the one to yeah. Oh boy, was I wrong. <laughs> so I think that's all I have to say. All right, Tim. This is kind of tough because uh, I'll is it Prince? I'll pretty much watch anything. No, Purple Rain, I will watch anything. Purple Rain you know and Graffiti Bridge. <laughs> Graffiti Bridge, kind of. No, I still watch. Like if Prince made a movie now. Right now. Oh God. Yeah, come on. Yeah, we'd be there. <laughs> yeah, I'd watch we'd it. Be there. It could be a movie of him just playing guitar for like four hours. <laughs> So a concert? Yeah. <laughs> um, a 3D Prince concert movie? But I remember, like, this kind of sticks out in my head, and it was for when I was younger. Um, but it's, like, the first time that I, like, realized, because like, I, I used to be more of, like, a completist when I was younger. Like, I was like, oh, man. Like, I can watch every super. I have to own every superhero movie. I have to own, 
I don't know. But I remember I watched Rumble in the Bronx with Jackie Chan. Like, I got to see every Jackie Chan movie. This is the best. Like, I love Jackie Chan. And then I got, like, five movies in for some reason. I watched, like, The Tuxedo. I'm like, I don't have to see every Jackie Chan movie. <laughs> and this is also when I discovered, like, how to use the internet correctly. And just be like, what's a good Jackie Chan movie I should watch next? So, like, that's an important time for me. But it's mostly with me. It's mostly with, like, action stars, honestly. Like, yeah. But I'll, that's the thing. Like, I'll, if someone says it's good, I'll still watch. Um, Director-wise... The last, like, the only person I can think of, God, I probably, I probably won't ever watch another Kevin Smith movie. And I used to like Kevin Fair Smith enough. quite a bit when I was younger, but I don't, I haven't had any need for him since about Jersey Girl, which I still kind of like. I kind of like Jersey Girl, um, but no, I don't like any of the rest of his movies. I'm kind of done. I'm totally with you. Yeah. On the Smith. Yeah. All right. Um, you used yeah. to use Kevin Smith to troll me all the time. I remember. <laughs> you used to be like, guess who's, just... who's going to make a better movie this year than Terrence Malick? Kevin Smith. <laughs> be like Snoochie Moochie's Malick. Oh, boy. Yeah, I don't have any particular answer for either end of the question, but I do think it was interesting to talk about. Yeah. Especially after after it. So. Okay, uh, we actually got some feedback this time around, and I'm glad both Nick and Tim are here because it was on Arrested Development. We had uh, Aaron L. write in saying, As someone who has watched all of the new Arrested Development, the first one is really rocky, but once you get a feel for the timeline stuff, it works a little better. Also, some of the stuff they do with Tobias is genius, and maybe some of the funniest lines in any, any of the four seasons, but you have to wait for the payoff. I felt you lost a lot by not having all of the cast together, but they're still able to get some cool stuff in. And again, a lot of the payoff doesn't come until the end. Still not as good as the first three seasons, though. So, that's Aaron's thoughts. Have, they, you, have Aaron. either of you guys gotten any further along? Are you I'm done? Not. I'm not done yet. I okay. watched a couple more. Are you done? I'm, I'm still, I still haven't got past that first Job episode. I got, I mean, I, what, what day was that that you were, t- I was... That was like Saturday night, I think, or... I was shooting, and I remember just constantly checking my phone because these texts from t- Tim kept pouring in and it was the only thing that I actually was like wanted to know what he was going to say because he was in the midst of watching the Job episode. The seventh episode of the fourth season like if you don't like maybe the first few like get to the seventh episode because it's I think it's one of the best they've ever done. I agree. Like it's really good. That's the that's the Job centric one. Yes. It catches yep. you up on what he's been doing. Yeah. I was te- I was texting you during that one. Yeah. Like crazy. Yeah. And then it was funny because I was getting like the, the payback <laughs> during that one. So yes. Yes, Aaron. Good job. Yes. Well <laughs> no, First of all, thank you. Thank, for, yeah, thank thank you. That's for what I meant. Thank you for the yeah, feedback. No, Good job you. on the feedback. That's great. Thank you for the first feedback in the history yeah, of the yes. And if you keep sending your feedback, you will become a gold star member of the <laughs> Film Nerds podcast. Yeah. And, he, uh, he is in the running for the Marvel Cinematic Universe giveaway. Good. Which uh, good for Aaron. Any of the rest of you could be if you listen for our trivia questions, like us on Facebook, and send your answers to feedback at MidwestFilmNerds.com. Uh, other so feedback, do. yes. Other feedback, food for thought questions, anything else can go to feedback at midwestfilmnerds.com. Uh, thank you to Aunt Mr. John, my brother, uh, Aunt Mr. John on Twitter, for the music and the artwork. We should, we might be getting some new artwork soon, so cool. keep your eyes peeled for that. Um, and John might be making an appearance <laughs> if we get around to World War Z. I think he's going to read the book, and so we'll have somebody on here who can kind of sound off against, you know, book and movie dissonance. But uh, Nick has also read. Read the book. So it'll be good. Um, (laughs) But other than that, I think that's about it. Go watch a movie that's not After Earth. Kyle X-Y.